Hey everybody, it's Tommy Canelli and welcome to Before the Lights Podcast, the show that tells you how they made their mark. Today, he's a photographer, bassist, songwriter, and member of the band Lit since 1987. He has also played with Lynch Mob. Lit has sold over 2 million albums worldwide with six albums and the seventh on the horizon. Their members include AJ Popoff on lead vocals, Jeremy Popoff on guitar and vocals, and Taylor Carroll on drums. Lit is one of the preeminent bands to come out of the post-grunge era. Please welcome to the show, Kevin Baldis. Kevin, how are you? What's up? Good, man. What led Kevin to pick up and learn bass? When I first met AJ and we decided that we wanted to start a rock band when we were little kids, I wanted to be the lead singer, man. I wanted to be David Lee Roth. And when we started kind of rehearsing, you know, when I say rehearsing, we we would do stupid stuff, bring snacks and maybe a 12 or a beer underage. I don't even know where or how we got the beer, but somebody bought it for us. <laughs> and we would we'd get in a tiny little uh, rehearsal hall and... I don't even think we had a bass player at the time, but it was like, I think it was two guitar players, me singing and AJ was on drums, our now singer. And we would record our jam sessions and people would be like, AJ, that was a cool fill or that was a cool, a cool guitar lick, but nobody was going, Kevin, your vocals are really cool. You know? <laughs> and I was young. I was probably 14 or 15 years old. So, um, I was like, you know what, guys, we need a bass player. And I kind of know how to play guitar. How hard could it be? So I quickly got a, a bass set up and a bass guitar. And I took over on the bass duties around age 15. Been going and ever since. since. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get your take on vinyl and the sound of vinyl. I'm a vinyl collector. I love vinyl. Are you a fan of vinyl or are you, do you think digital has erased that? I mean, digital didn't help vinyl at all. Uh, but to answer your question, I'm a huge vinyl collector. It's kind of a problem. I'm trying to get, uh, I'm trying to only collect what really makes me happy, you know, um, which is a lot of the stuff I kind of grew up on. Um, I'm not really necessarily buying a lot of the new stuff on vinyl. Um, I buy kind of what I grew up on if I don't already have it but I do have a huge vinyl collection. Uh, I have a, uh, what do I have? Uh, a Klipsch speaker, you know, the deal. And then I audio technica or whatever, yeah. um, vinyl player that my wife got me. So, I mean, it's right here next to me and I've got my vinyl collection in the office and in the living room. So, and then I've got more vinyl collection. I hate saying this, but I don't have room in the house. So some of it's in my garage, but I keep it low to the ground mm safe where it's cooler you know but it's it's near impossible and vinyl takes up a lot of room digital is a lot easier you know to uh store <laughs> yes you got i've got my a ton, a ton of vinyl right here <laughs> i guess but vinyl I, I grew up on it and i loved putting i loved getting a new record and putting it on the turntable and looking through the liner notes and reading the lyrics and who took the photo and then if, you know it was always such an important thing to add photos but now when I was growing up, you had to wait a month for a new magazine for new photos, you know, and they weren't even that great. I get, I have a whole closet full of vinyl. I collect it. It's something for me about listening to the needle go across the vinyl that is just unreplaceable. Yeah. 
it's a it's a warm sound for sure. Yes, I'm with you, Kevin. Tell me, how did you guys come up with the name Lit? We were actually called Stain at the time, and there was a guy in Ohio um, that had the trademark on the name Stain, and we were on an independent label called uh, Delicious Final out of L.A. And we didn't have the kind of money to be paying this guy off. And he wanted to coexist with us. And he wanted a piece of our merch and our hands were tied. He owned the name. And so we said, you know what? We're going to, we're going to shit can the name stain. We're going to go. And I think the album was going to be called lit at the time because it's a lamp, you know, tripping like fantastic has a lamp on it and we were going to call it lit. And so we just changed it to the band name it was the one name we can all agree on. I remember, I remember we, it was scary because we all love the name stain and to trash that name that you love. And then everybody's coming up with these new names. It was like, it was very souring. I was like, man, this is not sounding that cool, but lit did stick. Thank God. And then we came up with uh, we loved old slogans, like uh, a place in the sun and trip and light. Fantastic. You know, Trippin' Light Fantastic means to, you know, go out and paint the town red or whatever. It means to really go up, do up the town. So we, that's what we called the album, you know. Um, that's how we came up with the name. What was it like breaking into pop culture at the same time with Blink-182 and Offspring and Sublime and all these big bands that are still prevalent today as lit? What was that like then? Dude, we really, we really lucked out we knew we had some great fun music on a place in the sun um but enemy definitely opened doors for us you know um and what a time that was and if you know some people might say oh overnight success i've never heard of them before well we played our first show in 88 as little kids we got signed to rca in 98 and we released a place in the sun in 99 so roughly 10 years of going at it you know and finally being able to open the door and letting us into the big party, you know, the big, the big boy party. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we ended up sharing the stage with all of our heroes for the most part. And, um, and, and playing with, you know, doing tours with all those bands. We toured the world with offspring. Uh, we did a ton of tours with, uh, with, uh, blink 182 and stuff like that. So they even ran in our video for Ziploc, you know? So what a time that was. And it was cool because I felt like all those bands kind of had their own sound. Blink was different from corn which was different from lit, which was different from sublime and offspring. They, everybody kind of sounded different, had their own, you know, stamp of their, their trademark sound that they had, you know, and I Mm -hmm. felt like we did too. Um, and, uh, what a great time that was. My own worst enemy has been covered in basically every genre you can think of every different way you can possibly imagine has been covered but when that came out and it just absolutely exploded for you guys, is it true that you guys went on the road and did not come back for like two years? Yeah, it's weird, man. We were in the UK more than we were in our hometown in 1999. We were over in the UK so much that if you were to add up the days we spent in the UK or, you know, well, yeah, it was UK compared to being at home in Orange County, we spent more time in the UK it was pretty wild. Yeah. But we were gone for two years and we were, it's weird. We, our last tour was a headlining tour and we were, we were toast, you know, and we were burning the candle at both ends. We were up late every night. And in some, you know, a lot of that tour, we would get up early to do morning shows, you know, every major city we were 
Hey guys, five o'clock and four thirty. get up and somebody from the label would have coffee and donuts for you. And you pull yourself out of bed and, and you pull yourself upstairs and they hand you a guitar and a bass and they want you to play acoustically. And, and, you know, we did it obviously. And we, we'd laugh about it and it was fun, but it was, it was crazy. It was a crazy time, man. So we did a headlining tour in 2000 and we were done after that. We said, we're done. And then we get a phone call from, from the no doubt camp. Hey, we're doing a, a two month tour of the U S and we want you guys to come out as direct support. And we literally couldn't pass that up because it just was like, Oh man, we're going to kick ourselves in the ass if we don't do this. So we did that on top of everything else. So that was the last tour. And then I think we did a couple sporadic shows as we started drifting into writing, uh, the next album atomic what was it like playing woodstock in 99 i see you guys are scheduled again to play at the end of 2022 uh it was um i haven't heard that by the way but maybe (laughs) (laughs) possibly uh it was amazing i mean woodstock is such a staple in america you know with 69 and then uh what was the 96 was the second one is Mm -hmm. that right yeah and then here we were in 99 um, and we played the first day. So we were luckily there before all the shenanigans really went down, but man, we had the time of our lives. Uh, the one thing I regret is I, we were on tour with the offspring and again, you know, you're tired, you're sluggish. You, you, it's, you know, I, I remember sitting and catering and they made an announcement and all the TVs came on in catering and the grand opening band was James Brown at, at Woodstock 99. And I watched him on the, on the, the TV sets and catering. And I don't, I can't believe I didn't just put my food down and walk out the building, walk to the main stage, which was not far from me and watch James Brown. I've never seen James Brown live, you know, in front of my eyes, but I was behind the stage and catering, watching him on the, on the TV set. I love James Brown. I love him. And I can't believe I didn't watch him, but you don't think like, Hey, I'm never really going to have an opportunity to go see him. You know, you, you don't know that he was going to be gone, you know, so many years later, but, uh, we played the same festival. At least I could say that, you know, <laughs> that's true. You were very close to him. You can say very that as close. well. Yeah. <laughs> Are you excited for the new LP Taste like gold? I love it. Um, I've been saying this, I would, I would stand taste like gold up with a place in the sun, which you know, I love all of our albums. Um, and, a, but I, I, but I'm not dumb. A place in the sun was a very special album at a very special time. And it connected with a lot of people, uh, tastes like gold to me is pound for pound, just, just as good of an album in my opinion. There's, and it's funny because the singles that we've been releasing, although I love those songs, they're not my favorites on the album. So like a place in the sun, it's hard for me to pinpoint which song is my favorite. You know, I have different favorite songs on the album for different reasons. Um, the same goes rings true for tastes like gold. There's, there's songs on there that I'm just like, man, these are such good songs. I'm really proud of this new album. Um, and I just hope people old, old fans and new fans, I hope they really give it a, a shot. The singles that I have heard, the music has energy. It has a punch to it. It's going to drop on June 17th. It almost feels like it has the old lit, a place in the sun sound to it. Like you guys rekindle that magic and like, we still got something here. A little bit, you know, it was, 
we, I think, really tried to understand what it is about lit that people like. And we really tried to just stay within those guidelines, you know, and not be, because if, if people know lit well enough, if, you know, we got lit fans that love that every album's a bit different, you know, um, we definitely aren't an ACDC. And what I mean by that is with ACDC, you know what you're going to get. And that's great. I love ACDC and I love that their songs are going to be basically the same structure, the same kind of tone. And that's great. But with lit, we always tend to try different things and try new new stuff and ways of writing and it's hard to explain, but we, you know, we grew up on seventies pop songs and and seventies and eighties metal. And we, we have so much diverse musical uh, inspiration in our blood that so many different things pop out. And when we're writing, we're like, man, that's really cool. I like that. Let's do that. You know, we tend to kind of go all over the place and, and that may be bad. It might be good. I don't know, but we really tried to harness like, Hey, what is it? What's the core of lit that people really connect with? And so we tried to just hone in on that a bit. And I think we nailed it. Kevin, what did you guys decide to do another album? Um, well, it was kind of like, well, are we just, you kind of ask, you have to ask yourself, are we just going to be a band that's going to be on the road and go do shows and, um, you know, we, we understand that we came out late 99, uh, or, you know, 99, 2000 was kind of when we broke. Um, are we just going to be some nineties band that people talk about or what, what are we going to do? I mean, we love writing music. We love the process of creating the music, recording the music, and ultimately getting it in your car and driving around and go, man, listen to that. I remember writing that now, you know, and then you, you want to hear feedback from your friends, your family, the fans, of course, that all feels good when, when you connect with somebody and you did something really well, you know, it's like painting a picture, you know, somebody's going to go, I don't get it. Or other people are going to be like, man, that's an amazing painting. You know, and you want to hear that you did something amazing and, and it connects with people. So that's what kind of keeps us going, you know? Um, and it gives us a good reason to go out on the road and play new songs, you know, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts when you first heard the track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people are connecting with that song and a lot of people kind of, I would, I would go to people and go, what do you think of this song? And I wouldn't let them know what I thought of it all. And people connected with it and people and people that are honest with me, you know, um, it's not my favorite song on the album. Okay. Just, you know, all transparency, but a lot of people are connecting with that song and it ended up being the first single and we did a video for it and everything. And it's a fun video and uh, the song is a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, again, I think I told you earlier, there's songs on this album that are not even singles that are my favorite songs, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of 12 songs in the album. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun song. I'll say that Thanks, the, man. the other track kicked off the plane. There's a line, What's one more walk of shame? It almost like threw me back like, okay, that's the next phase from enemy. And here we go. Is that a true story? Sadly, it is a true story. It is. I was not involved. Yeah. I've been sober almost six years, but there's a, there's a handful of guys in the band that are not sober. <laughs> and it, I, to be honest with you, it wasn't a band member. It was a crew member that actually, uh, kind of started a bit of a, uh, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know who's told what, but 
basically he brought a drink on a plane from from uh, an airport bar and i i guess i didn't know that but you can't bring drinks on a, onto a plane um i've I never tried either. and and if i ever did when i was younger maybe i was better at sneaking it on <laughs> i don't know but he got caught and was told he had to you know give up the drink and dude these guys were still going from the night before so right they've been they've been uh marinating for a while so <laughs> Uh, it is a true story to answer your question. I'm not, I don't know that I'm proud of it, but I am proud of the song. It is a great song. <laughs> it is. It is a great song. And we've been, we've been feeling it when we play it live, you can feel the audience connecting with it really well. You know, it's really cool. This is my story. No symptoms to being diagnosed with colon cancer, which led to four surgeries and a 50-50 survival rate. It then spread to my liver in which only 3% are caught in time. Now, a 1% chance it ever comes back and I'm on the road to inspiring everyone because you have three choices. Live, die, or fight. Bernie Siegel said, No matter what the statistics say, there's always a way. To book me, Tommy Canale, to speak to your event or group, go to TommyCanale.com. That's TommyCanale.com. And get ready to be inspired to inspire others because you're one day away from changing your life. How is it for you guys growing an audience now of a whole new generation that wasn't around when lit became prevalent in 99, 2000. It's um, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's challenging, you know, because there is a lot of competition out there. Um, Man, I just was doing another interview and we were talking about how many bands when I was growing up, there was just a handful of genres, you know, there was new wave and rap and heavy metal and, Um, then you had your folk music, like John Denver and Mm -hmm. whatever. And there was only so many categories, you know, and you either, you plopped yourself into the hard rock metal category, you know, for me anyways. And, um, now, I mean, dude, there's so many genres and sub genres and, and every genre has literally 10,000 to 50,000 different bands. I mean, everybody's in a band, um, but, you know, we just, at our age, you just got to do what you can do. And you just hope that people like it and you can't overthink it. And we are what we are and we just bring what we bring to the table and, and hope that people enjoy it. You know, that's the best we can do. You can't beat yourself up trying to be something you're not. And you just got to be true to yourself and hope and hope that that translates to, to people's ears and eyes. You know, are you guys super charged up about getting out on tour and playing some of these new tracks in front of live crowds. We are, and we have been, and it's been going, going over really well. It's funny. I'm the guy in the band that wants to add more new songs and take out old songs. But then there's other people in the group that want to keep you grounded. Like, dude, we have to play certain songs. You, you have to play back in black. You have to play, you know, welcome to the jungle. You have to, there's certain songs you just have to play because if you don't play them, people are going to be really pissed, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it's getting harder and harder, man, because everybody has an opinion about what we should be playing 
in putting in the set list, you know, it's interesting. And I, and then I'm the kind of guy that, man, let's change it up every night. And then right. I got guys in the band that don't want to change it up every night. They want the set list to be the set list. And that's that. So then I actually came up with an idea of trying to like play half songs, you know, play half a song and dive mm. right, right in the middle of the song, dive right into a different song. So let's make one song out of two songs, you know, or make, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to try, try and do some cool things, you know, that'd be cool. Kevin, the same group of guys from the release from the beginning of my own worst enemy, except for the drummer who passed away from cancer are still together. What's the secret to that? Because bands don't stay together in length the time that you guys are. Dude, I wish I had a great answer for you. I, I don't know if, if it's a fear of what, what else is out there for us, you know, we all do other things. I know you mentioned that I do photography and that's what I do. I, it's another outlet. Jeremy owned a bar restaurant. AJ owned a salon for a while. Now AJ does, uh, I don't even know what he does, but we all do other things, but it's almost like if, if you were to hang it up and if I was to leave lit, then that really cuts out leaving with the fellas on the weekend and meet up, meeting up with your friends that you have so much history with. Um, and I don't know that I want to give that up yet. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm still pretty young and I, I love getting on a plane and flying out on a Friday night. You know, sometimes it's a tour. So you're leaving for a month or you're leaving for two months or we do what we call flyouts. You get a, you get a couple shows on a weekend, you play New York and you play New Jersey and then you fly home, you know? And then the next weekend you fly to Florida and you do two or three shows and you fly home. That's a lot of fun. I mean, imagine, Hey, you know, John called and, and there's a bachelor party we're going to be going to, we're all meeting in Vegas, you know, and that's what you're looking forward to. Well, I get to do that almost every weekend, you know? So and I get to do it with guys that I've been, I've been doing this a long time with these guys and we've got so much history together. Now it's, it's, um, it would be such a shame if we just like got into it. When we get into fights, believe me, we're brothers. We without being blood brothers, we are brothers. I don't have a brother, but I know things about AJ and Jeremy and Al that only brothers would know, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've got a lot of great, rich history there. And, uh, I'm really proud of that. I was asked er recently in an interview, what are you most proud of? And I said, the history and the longevity of this band and the fact that we've been able to keep it together through thick and thin. And man, we've had some, some rough patches, you know, losing a drummer, losing a brother, you know, that was a rough time. Um, and it hasn't all been my own worst enemy singles, you know, they haven't all been it hasn't all just been easy. It's come mm -hmm. with a lot of hard work, but you know, we just, we love what we do and we love performing and we love writing and that we will stick around as long as people will come out. I'm going to ask you a question about your photography in a minute, but folks go to litband.com, go to the show notes. I'm going to put a link there. I want you to go there. You can pre-order the album. You can get it on vinyl. There's a bunch of stuff on there. So go to the show notes and check that out. What's your thoughts on, the album cover and folks, let me try to explain this to you. It's a set of gold lips with an open mouth with the tongue sticking out with gold on it. When I saw this, it made me smile. And then my brain started going, okay, what's the backstory on this album work? You know, we, we were tossing around, like, what are we going to do for an album cover? Um, there's a song on the album called taste like gold. And we kind of gravitated towards that title because it kind of, 
sounds almost like a place in the sun. It almost sounds like a trip and like fantastic. And we liked that, you know, uh, the view from the bottom, um, tastes like gold. We liked what it conjured up. So we kind of sat with it for a minute and we started putting ideas together. Um, the girl that modeled it was a girl named Megan, which is good friends with Jeremy. And, and he said, dude, she's got great teeth and great lips. And we were like, all right. <laughs> and, and so I'm a photographer. So we came up with the idea like, Hey, Kev, why don't you take a shot at shooting the album cover? So she came down to my house. Literally we shot the album cover two feet from where I'm sitting right now. I'm in my living room. And, um, and I remember shooting her. I had all the lights set up. We had a very, I'm shooting a mouth, so it doesn't require too much, but I had lights below and light above and doing all this, that, and the other. And then I had a mirror for her and, and, um, she, I, being in photography, I knew that there was a, a, a there's, there's lipstick that's gold, but then there's also like a foil mm. and, and we had her try the foil and uh, which has that glossy kind of look to it. And, uh, my wife and kid walked, walked in when we were doing the shoot and they knew I was going to be shooting in the living room, but it was pretty funny, you know, cause she looks over high, you know, and, her, and, and at that point, Megan was just a, a doll for like trying anything. And I think she came up with the idea of, Hey, when we're almost done, I want to put a bunch of gold on my tongue. Like I'm tasting it. I said, dude, I'm down for anything. That sounds great. Sounds like a great idea. But we tried so many different because we didn't know exactly what the cover was going to look like. We knew it was going to be lips. We knew her, maybe her tongue would be in there. We it, It's funny on my phone. I, I mocked up so many different album covers <laughs> with the different lips that I shot of her. And then that was the one we ended up going with. And um, I, I love it, man. It's it's funny because it's we're doing air fresheners. We it's on the it's really huge on the back of hoodies now. It's It's really cool. It is really cool. How did you get into photography? What drove you to that? Dude, I'm always, and thank you for asking. And and, uh, when we started, when I was a little kid, I always had a camera with me. I always wanted to document, especially stuff that I was able to do because I didn't know when it was going to end. And I knew that I wanted photos of me on stage in front of a crowd, whether it be 10 people, 50 people, or a hundred people. I wanted whatever I could get. And every time we did a show, the shows would get bigger and bigger and bigger. I would always bring a camera. I'd always hand it to my roadie, you know, friend or whatever. Hey, can you grab some photos of us on stage? And, and then I got wiser as I got older, I'd be like, Hey, take a picture when they put the lights on the crowd so we could see the crowd in the photo. And I didn't dive into hardcore photography. I, I had a buddy of mine ask if he, if I could get him a photo pass from a Merle Haggard concert And it. The Merle Haggard concert was in Corona, California, and it, it was a, a Fender sponsored concert. And so I called my friends over at Fender cause I'm sponsored by Fender. And I said, Hey, can I get a photo pass for the Merle Haggard birthday concert? He was turning 75 at the time. And they said, yeah, sure. So I gave the photo pass to my friend and I was on stage with a point and shoot. And I was behind Merle Haggard behind this wall and my buddy was down in the photo pit taking pictures from the front and I was shooting with a point and shoot of Merle Haggard. And that's when I was like, dude, you got to get a camera. What are you (laughs) toying around with this little shit camera for? (laughs) Right. And dude, it bit me like a bug. I went out, I bought a Canon. I started renting lenses. I started looking up everything. To this day, I still never really had a proper lesson, but I guess 
you know, you could go online and watch YouTube tutorials and those are just as good as a lesson anyways, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just started creeping up the ladder. What I initially only wanted to get into is I just wanted to shoot concerts for fun. And because I'm in lit, because I have connections, I was almost able to shoot just about anybody. I was, I was able to get a photo pass just about any concert and man, I shot some really, really cool stuff. Yeah. So, um, and then as time went on, I started getting, getting into lighting and started getting in, getting into portraits. And then I went on to shoot, dude, I shot Dawkins final photo shoot of the original members. I shot one of Eddie Van Halen's final photo shoots was me. Um, Jefferson Starship, who, uh, God, who else have I shot? Uh, I just shot all of Night Ranger's um, photos. That's cool. Yeah, tons of George Lynch. I'm, I'm good friends with George Lynch. I played in Lynch Mob and stuff. But um, So when he needs photos for different things, and that guy's in a million different things, he, he hits me up, hey, you mind coming down and shooting us? And I love it so much that I'll just do it, man. I, You know, I make money doing it, but um, – Dude, I've shot a ton of celebrities. I've I've shot Katy Perry. I've shot Lionel Richie. It's crazy what it's led to. It's it's it is just crazy. I'm very very fortunate. Is the website kevinbaldus.com? It is. Yeah, and it needs some serious update. I have not updated it in years. So forgive me. Uh, I've I've grown so much from what those photos are. But you can see some fun stuff on there. There's some fun stuff on there. There's, a lot of old concert stuff. There's a lot, there's some Eddie Van Halen shots on there. Um, uh, I don't know who else is on there, but there's some fun stuff on there. Let's wrap up the the show with, with this question. Then the, for love of photography, love of playing bass and being with your brothers from lit any chance taking all that together and making a documentary someday of what you have. I would love to do that, man. I I'm going to take, uh, I am going to photograph a lot of the posters and stuff. And I, I have a lot of the photos. I would love to do a coffee. T- I'm going to do a coffee table book for myself and probably for, you know, AJ and Jeremy, um, that just kind of highlights some of the cool things we did. Some of the cool things that we've made, like it'll have shirts in it, merchandise. It'll have, uh, I keep, I'm also the archivist for lit. So every time there's a poster or we're, we're in a magazine or something, I keep all that stuff. It's pretty crazy. Um, but as, in, in, as far as my photography, of I mean, it's weird, man. When I think about being 75 one day and I'm going to want, I'm going to want to lean over on my coffee table and grab a book, like a, a juicy book that has a ton of lit stuff in it. And then another book that has a lot of the photography stuff that I've done um, just so I can look at it. You know, Mm -hmm. I love books. I'm looking at all my, my entire book collection that I have on my, um, my uh, bookshelves here in my living room. And and I've, I've collected a lot of concert photography books and stuff that I'm into. uh, And I want my book in there, you know, I get it, man. I wish you guys nothing but success with the new album on the tour. And I wish you even more success with your photography. I thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you. You are more than welcome. Listeners, go follow me on Instagram at Before the Lights Podcast. And if you would, follow the show anywhere podcasts are found. Rate and review the show. Five stars, nice comments are always appreciated. Thank you for listening to Before the Lights. I'm Tommy Canale. And until next time, everybody, a salute, a chin chin. <laughs>